The entrance of God's word gives light and understanding to the simple. Be yielded and open your hearts to the light of God's word through his servants, Pastor Chintok Ishaku. God bless you. Give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you guys. Sit down so that we can teach for the service. Were you blessed today? Have you been blessed so far? I mean, it's just it's the best time to be alive. It's the best time to know that God is looking for a man. And I think it's a good place to start from. That God is looking for a man. We want to start the study of the God-man. What exactly is the God-man? Right? So that as we advance in God and start to find out what God is looking for, it will now be easy for us to know whether we can be that man. Do you understand? And you, you need to keep certain things in your mind. Number one, I said to those of you who came early for the service, that from this day onward, we're going to create a custom as a people. And the custom we want to create is very simple. That when you open your book to jot, the first thing you will write when you're finished writing all of your titles is you'll cut a portion of the page or you'll open a fresh page and write on top of it action points. And I'll explain to you why. So that as we advance in the study of the God-man, it will be easy for you to understand the things that the Lord requires you to do in your process of change. Do you understand? We started by touching James chapter 1 today. Okay, let's read it. Let's read it. Let me try. So I don't get lost. James chapter 1. A scripture you know. You know very well. Are you there? Are you in James chapter 1? Father, breathe upon your word. Now say this with me. Say, this is the word of God. Say, I believe the word of God and I receive the word of God. It changes me and I change my world. Say, I believe everything it has said concerning me and I'll live in its fullness. So today I confess, I'm quick to hear, I'm slow to speak, and I'm slow to anger. Say it again, I'm quick to hear, I'm slow to speak, and I'm slow to anger. My eyes see my ears hear, my heart understands, so I can live the fullness of the life of God. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. You see, you didn't say the Amen properly. I said, and everyone said, Amen. You need to believe it, alright? Those are some of the things that we're praying that God will enlarge us in. There's so much God is saying. And it's very difficult for us to understand it. It's even hard for us to begin to understand it because of the posture of our hearts. Are you following me? But we're different people. Right? We are up ahead. And the world has got to follow. 
We are not afraid Cause we will never ever know defeat We are the generation We leave ahead Say we leave in this world But by the power of the age to come Say, say we are up ahead And the world has got to follow Say we are not afraid Cause we will never ever know Say we are the generation We leave ahead Say we leave in this world By the power of the age Say, say, say I am up ahead And the world has got to follow Say I am not afraid Cause I will never ever know Say I am the generation I leave ahead Say I leave in this world But by the power of the age Say I am not afraid Cause I will never ever know Say I am the generation I leave ahead Say I leave in this world But by the power of the age Say, say I am not afraid Cause I will never ever know Say, say I am not afraid Cause I will never ever know Say, say I am not afraid Cause I will never ever know Say, say I am not afraid Cause I will never ever know Alright? You need to start saying some of these things. When we say I, it's not because we are cutting off everybody else. It's because it's a commitment that is done personally. You see, as I commit, and he commits, and he commits, we become a we. That's how a generation is born. So, most times when we say we, we forget that the commitment in we is that we are a body. That if I am the I, and I am not functioning, then there's not a we. Do you understand? Or at least there's a blind we. It's going to be very difficult for the body to function without me. So when I take a position in God, I'm not just loving the Lord. I'm also taking up the responsibility of my generation. It's in my priestly office. Are you with me so far? Because I want us to start to establish who is the God man. But like I said, it's important that as we teach, you write down certain things. A a statement troubles me in James chapter 1. Let's read it together. Proverbs 13. That's where we did our confession from. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let... How many men? How many men? How many men? James 1.19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let how many men? Every man be what? Quick to hear. And what? And what? Slow to anger. Verse 20. Why? It suggests to me that a man who gets angry very quickly is a man whose hearing is dull. 
and we're, talk, we're not talking about the hearing in the natural. We're talking about his ability to even hear God. That if a man is slow to hear, one of the effects you find is that he's very fast with his mouth. And he generates anger. Proverbs said it over and again. Said it at least three times. That a man who does not have control over his mouth will easily generate anger. Do you understand? A quick tongue will cause offense. And the Bible said that the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. That means that if you don't get the formula, you will walk, but it will not work the righteousness of God. Are you following me? Are you following me? Yeah. I will, I, I'm going to borrow this scripture when we're, when we're talking about the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because it's very important. So the wrath of man does not work out what? It doesn't work out the righteousness of God. So I need to go back and find out why do I get angry? One of the reasons why I don't get angry is because I'm not quick to hear what God is saying. That I'm quick to judge situations and I'm quick to speak about them but I'm not quick to hear what God is saying. So if Dan is putting pressure on me what I'm likely seeing in the pressure is he wants a fight. And I'm already answering him quickly. These guys should know that faith is not foolishness. Silence is not stupidity. Jonathan, you have already responded. Because you have not waited upon the Lord to... So scripture will say, draw near to... Draw near to listen rather than offer the sacrifices of fools. That means even fools bring sacrifice. Is somebody still here? Even a fool brings sacrifice. And when a man is bringing sacrifice, what do you think is in his, is in his mind? He believes that God is pleased with him. And God is looking at him and he's saying, if you are drawn near to listen, you will know what the sacrifices of God are. Are you following me? The Bible says the sacrifices of God are a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Or the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. So the Bible says a broken and a contrite heart God will not despise. That means there's a sacrifice that when you are bringing to God, you know that it is acceptable. What sacrifice were they good at bringing? Help me. Talk to me. What did Israel bring for sacrifice? Look, ask, answer me now. Even the people who are saying, what did they bring for sacrifice? Bulls, rams, pigeons. So if I was rich and I did a dirty job, I might bring the finest bull to church. And I'm bringing it. And as I'm walking into the service, what am I likely going to be checking? Nobody's bull is as big as mine, Allah. And I lost God in the entire movement. Not because God has a problem with the bull. But God was saying to them, you guys don't even understand the essence of an offering. If the offering is to satisfy my hunger, will I ask you? Do you understand what God said to Israel? If it's so that I can be happy that I ate meat, is it you I'm going to ask? That was when he said, 
There are thousands of cattle on a hill that don't have a flanning man that claims them. Those ones are on the hill. Their existence is not known to men. God said, if I am hungry, I will come down on that hill. Kill the one I want to eat and eat it and go back to heaven. It's not you I'm going to ask. Now, do you think that God will actually come down and kill the bull? Does he eat meat? Go now, Akatu, Akati. Go sing Kafama, Akaso. At the Kokoma, Samsam. Tedia, Kachiso. And now, Akatu, Akati. Go sing Kafama, Akaso. At the Kokoma, Samsam. Say good dia, Kachiso. Say good dia, yes. Say good dia, yes. She's a cow. She's a cow, Maka. So does it mean that if I bring Godia with two, something is wrong? You know, it was pastor who was giving us a gist. He said that is Mutamata. That every time they come, what song do they sing? So they just come and dance. Is that, wait, wait, wait. With the Godia, you are supposed to bring something. At least something to show Godia. Don't you think so? Because when we sing those kind of songs, people are now thinking that we are saying, don't offer to God. No. Actually, if you are thankful, it will break you to the point that all that you have is not enough. So even when you are bringing all, you are bringing it with a broken heart. That's the sacrifice God is looking for. Uh, is anybody with me? You need to get these things. But God is not impressed by the sacrifice. What he eats is actually the heart. It's the cheer. God loves a cheerful giver. So when he sees the state of the heart that brings it. If you, so when you give an offering. And then they say, well, by the grace of God, our brother Daniel Bauer just contributed to the cause of this launching. The song of his widow's might of 4.5 million naira. The other was And then we clap. Then Pastor Down says, from my humble self, thank you. My, thank you very much. My, yeah, I'm very grateful. My, why did they announce it? You see, he needs to be humble. And the only way he can be humble is for you to know how much he's giving. Why? Because his humble self needs to actually show itself on stage so that I can confirm the humility. Scripture will say, if anyone gives, let him give with simplicity. Just give it. Walk away. Just walk away. Are you still here? It's a sacrifice of God. I said, draw near to listen. That's where we are coming from. 
So, if you had drawn near to God and you were quick to hear, you would have discovered that what you were bringing is not what God is looking for. So you will arrange the sacrifice and then bring what is worthy. You remember my story with my wife of rice and bole. Do you remember that story? I've shared it in several cities. And it just comes with such light every time I share. And I wasn't the one who started the story. It was from pastor I heard it. Are you following? Are you following me? I told you, I said, if it's my wife's birthday. And you decided you are going to be the one to feed her on her birthday. You know, because you want to impress her. You are going to likely go to the most expensive restaurant in Zaria. And then you will buy her chicken and salad and rice. Abi? And plantain to go with the rice. Abi? And what else? You buy her pepper soup to back it up. She's the one who is telling me the list. And what else? One can of yogurt for introduction. And what else? She said I'm Martina for continuation. And what else? She said I'm five alive for finishing. And what else? And kebabs for poverty. And what else? <laughs> People who eat, eat too many meat in food is a sign that they are still poor. Because you want to tell yourself you have arrived. So you see that same madam. Three shaki. One roundabout. See, madam, that fish you are seeing, her eyes have been a croaker. See, a croaker. Bring one croaker. See, madam, why see something you look like sardine? Say, we get sardine to bring two. What? Press down. Press down. Go ten hour. You want that? <laughs> Are you following me? And then you see all of that in one person's plate. You are dying. With every spoon, you are eating dead. I used to be poor, so I can tell you the signs of poverty. The signs of poverty are not a tonsure. If you go to rich cities, Pastor Toby said something by the Spirit, and some of you need to hear. Your deliverance is from the Spirit of Zaria. That your problem Zaria, you have stayed here for too long. Maybe the Lord should permit you to go to another city for two weeks. Then you now discover that the people who are wearing suits and tying tie to the tie are bodyguards. Are you following me? The signs of poverty. Oh, you forgot what I was saying. No, actually, you know what I'm doing? I'm delivering you from yourself. Because some of you, the marks of your pursuit are very wrong. I beg, I want to teach. Free me. Some of you like signs of poverty. The way your heart is doing now. Let's continue on the signs of poverty. If we go to a restaurant and I see the way you are eating, I know. You know, during the Somalian war, that was when your uncle gave birth to you. You know, it's your, you is your uncle that burned you. Your family compound. I know. Science. Let me tell you the truth. 
if you see a person who enters a place and is comparing himself with everybody, he's poor. No matter how much money he has in his account. Because his confidence is not in his person. His confidence is in his... The day he sees anybody that has one thing that he does not have, his confidence is gone. It's poverty. I think one day we should take a service and declare the signs. <laughs> but for now, I was saying to you, that was the, the example I was giving you, is, so if I found you coming back, okay, for those of you who have never heard it, if I found you coming from, say, Biggs, that's about the best victory we have in Zion for now. I hope somebody heard me. I hope you heard me. What did I say? God bless you. Blessed are your ears because they hear. But too mediocre in this town. And the people must rise from here that will change it. Then you are coming with all your rice and salad and plantain. And you meet me on the road. And I say, where are you going to? You might even laugh at me and say, Pastor, have you forgotten that today is your wife's birthday? How can I forget it? It's the only way to keep my marriage. Tap. Toby, forget your wife's birthday and see. You can't try it. No. You heard Pastor Delvan as ras as he was. He said that he always forgets his wife's birthday. So what he decided to be doing is since he knows his early May, once he enters May, he just starts buying high gift every day. Just tell her, I appreciate you. You know, I love you. Then you give her today's gift. Then tomorrow you give her. <laughs> By the time he does that for like seven days, he knows that the day has been covered. Jonathan. So, that one day, she now discovered that Kai, the way this man is buying this gift, is actually because he does not know the date. She now said, Honey, Zodala. Then he now came. Then she said, Honey, what is my birthday? Pastor said he stood. He looked at her. Then the corny man in him just stood up. Say, ah, is it because somebody's even showing you too much love that is worrying you? That's my problem with women. Self. As he's talking, he was going towards the bedroom. He banged the door. He said, God, Allah, what kind of? Because somebody, as he was shouting from the room, he was checking her bag to look for an international passport. Because somebody has decided to be showing you love. If I'd be showing you love only on your birthday, you will say the love is not enough. He's still checking the bag. Then he found the passport open. So thought of me. He continued shouting. Oh. That's how they'll be doing. As if somebody does not know. Is it because? Then he kept quiet. Then he came back to the parlor. Then he opened the door. Then he banged it. Then he said... Is he thought of me that somebody does not know? Be careful with pastors. They are very dangerous. Dangerous people, I'm telling you. <laughs> From that day, he never forgot again. You can try it. <laughs> you will learn how to count. You will even remind yourself, four here, five here, four of me. It's alright. <laughs> so, 
I, I, are you following my story? So, if you were coming and you say, Pastor, is it that you forgot that today is your wife's birthday? And I said, no, 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 no. no, I did not forget. Then I said, ah, oh, you bought that for her. And then you say, yes. I said, what is there? You say, rice, chicken, salad, fish, poverty, sorry. Um, plantain, everything put together. And I'll go, ah. And I say, what is it? I tell you, if it's my wife you were buying that food for, you will have bought roasted yam and bole. See ya. With palm oil. I'm talking about this girl. Do you understand? Just roasted yam. She likes to see them scratching it. You know, that bones part. It used to embarrass me. Now I'm used to it. Me too, I used to stand there as they are scratching it. Or else, fry yam and serve her with okra soup. Did you hear the reaction in church? When we married, I told that human beings don't eat that. You must be an alien to eat that card. She does not only eat it, she enjoys it. If I sent you to the market to buy stuff to impress my wife, would you have thought about fried yam and okra soup? So you see, with God, drawing near to listen is important. So if you had lived in my house for three months, one day you will have heard us arguing in the parlor. No human being eats okra. She has done everything in the last seven years for me to taste it. I refused I told her I want to stay human. <laughs> she has tried everything. Lobby, fight, bone, charge. When you finish, eat your cross, you will settle later. <laughs> are you following me? Are, are you with me? I said, are you with me? You couldn't have guessed, Sissy, if I had not said it. You couldn't have guessed. That's how it is with God. That when you want to start dealing with God, even if all I talk about today is listening, it is very important for the raising of the God man. That's not what I intend. I wanted to talk about the man of God. We'll start from Isaiah 6. Then we'll go to Isaiah 66. Then we'll run through the Psalms. And then finish in Psalm 24. To this man will I look. Who will ascend? Yeah. It's the man of God. I was talking about the man of God. God made bold declarations of the fact that he's going to finally possess the earth in the end. But he was looking for his man who will possess the earth with him. If you read Isaiah 53, when it finished talking about the story of redemption, then it spoke about the people who will enter into the dominion that redemption bought. It's a of person Peter said seeing that the world is going to be dissolved like this what manner of men ought ye to be it's a manner of people it's the God man are you following me I said are you following me before this teaching is over you must be able to lift up your hand and say I am the man of God 
then you will know that man of God is not a person who is in fivefold ministry. Are you still here? It's important though. In these few days, we'll get it. And by few days, I mean 365 at least. Because I don't intend to teach this and stop somewhere. I want to teach it. So that if we release you from here, you will be that man. We can release you confidently. That story broke my heart though. I'm very serious. The guy called me after a long time. Yeah, how have you been? Are you still inside? Say, I finished. Oh, you are still in the city? Yeah. So, what are you doing now? Where do you worship? Oh boy. I now asked him, did you go there on assignment? You know, sometimes God can send you somewhere so that you can enter as a serpent. Then you hit. He said, no, that he, all the worship places, he just thought that his heart settled there. I said, like John. I was laughing. I said, so you are killing people by fire. Then he said, no, pastor, it's not people who used to kill his spirit. It would have been better if you left it at people. How can you say, kill spirit? Even God cannot kill spirit. He's the father of all spirits. And whatever proceeds from God is everlasting. That's why the devil has no end. Devil cannot die. Read your Bible. If he could die, God would have killed him a long time ago. Even man cannot die. Because there's a part of every man that comes from the breath of the Almighty. And everything that lives the Almighty is everlasting. The Bible calls him the father of all spirits. So even the devil, to deal with the devil, God will bind him in everlasting chains of darkness and throw him into a pit that is endless. But you'll be alive forevermore. If you will not be alive forevermore, what's the threat of hell? You're not just born for five seconds and die. Kill spirit. There are certain things that are too basic in the Bible for you not to know. It pains me that you will sit in this congregation for two years and not know that kind of basic. Are you in church? Okay. Foundation class needs to start. So that. Sorry, we are just trying to put the things in order. Because these things are too foundational for you not to. I said to him, what's the point? That, okay, wickedness is increasing, Abi, And righteous people are suffering, Abi. Is that not the point? Is that not why you stand up to fight? Is that not why you are killing your enemies? The Bible says, that's the most vengeful scripture in the New Testament. The Bible says it is a righteous thing with God to trouble them that trouble you. Abi? A righteous thing with who? With who? Is he a righteous thing with you? So who determines when God should arise? Who determines when the cup is full? What is your portion? Patience. Long suffering. Walking in love. That's the only thing you have been given. God said, Vengeance is mine. 
I will surely, somebody say surely. Help me, somebody say surely. The real problem we have is that we don't think that God will repay. And we think that God's repaying, it can be too much. You know we think like Jonah. Do you understand? Our interest is die. Why? Because we are vengeful. We are not eternal. What's the eternal nature? The eternal nature is your anger lasts. Your favor. See, see, see how you are talking. How will you know the Bible? Your anger lasts very short. But your favor. The reason why we are always looking for vengeance is because we cannot let anger pass. You know, if you are the pastor's wife, you suffer. So let me give you an example. One day I got up, I told my wife, I said, say no. She said, what? I said, see this thing. That if anything happens between us, it cannot pass until we sit down. I say, actually, it was you who started. I said, no, it's you that started. Say, you see, actually, let me tell you when you started this thing. I'm sure you didn't even know when you started it. But that time in the afternoon, when we were walking and you said this thing, I didn't like it all. So when you saw me putting out this reaction, actually I was reacting to what you... Then me to our answer. I said, eh? So that's the... Why didn't you tell me that time that the thing I did pained you? Then you started reacting like this. Just because you started reacting like this. Then me to I started doing like this now. You think it's only you that used to suffer it? Even pastors, we suffered it. It's just that we're past there now. So I call my wife, I say, sit down. I say, say no. I can't use my life to be doing old wise fables and children's tales. Say, is the way you touch my head now? See the way you touch my head. Is that not very disrespectful? Didn't you see that we're sitting in front of church? If you have to do an example, do it with your church member, so don't bring it near. Don't worry, she didn't say that. As long as we are already accused, you are accusing her in her heart. Yeah. So we are the doll baby that Pastor can use. So you have to explain to who threw the spoon on the ground. And when I say she helped me carry the spoon, you didn't help me carry it. And so because she didn't help me carry it. Uh, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Don't be looking at my wife like that. Look at yourself first. I lived like that for a long time. Believe me. I, we lived like that. Me too, she does something. Well, I, I've always had a problem. Maybe because I'd worked with God. If we have, if me and you have an issue now, if you come three hours later for us to discuss it, I don't have the details. I, I, can't, I can't tell you what you said. I can't even tell you why I did what I did. It's, it's so in the past. It has always been a problem for me. Some of you, your brains are very magnetic. See, the, he passed. He didn't even look at me. That's number one. Okay. See where he went to sit down, very far from me. But he sat at an angle where he can be eyeing me. That's number two. Ah, oh boy, you got energy, oh. I beg, it's James I want to teach. I don't know what's worrying me. Are you following me? 
I told her, I said, it's an uncle. I said, it's not in the nature of God. We should let it pass. So that if we ever refer to it, we will refer to it in love and with the motive to make correction in righteousness. It's different from vent my anger. Just say to me, you are sorry, so that I can. Kingani, go. Is that not how it happens? Is that not how it if you can just, my own is just reach the point where you can agree that you are the one that was wrong. Go. If you can just agree, then tell me sorry. Uh-huh. So I can go out and say, hey, even you made mistake. What is it? Uh, at least finally you agreed. How many of us feel better when people agree? See you, see you, see you. Church people, lie people. You lie the most in church. Even God felt better when the scales balanced. See you. Because you want to be righteous. How many of you feel better? Even God felt better. But God is kind. I nearly said God is crazy. But you know what I mean. (laughs) To satisfy his hurt, he gave his son. was caused in the heart of God by Adam was what Jesus came to remove. So the heart of God is the holy of holies of heaven. Not anything can enter there and come out. The angels can worship around the throne. But they don't know what is in his heart. That's the reason why they look at man and they are amazed. And they say, what is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you want. What is his problem? Visit him. What happens when God visits a man? He shares the matters of his heart. So Peter will capture it and say, Into which things the angels long to look. There are things angels don't have access to. The matters of the heart of God. They worship God in awe and in the beauty of his holiness. But when you enter into worship with God, I can, God begins to take the matters of his heart. Do you understand? So when you start to say things like, I choose to worship. I choose to love you. To reach out and touch your heart. I want to know you. Here in this moment, oh, I choose to worship you. When God hears that, when he comes to you, you see, some of us, the problem with our worship is, it ends with that feel good. That, wow, the presence of the Lord is here, and I'm soft. Does somebody know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about? For many of us, that's where it ends. But God did not just come so that you can enjoy softness. If his presence came, actually what he wants to do is he wants to engage you. Come now, let us reason together. In our reasoning together, the things that make you inferior to me, I will wash them. Though your sin be red as scarlet. So God has never had a problem with the state that the man is in. 
He only has a problem with the fact that the man does not desire relationship with him enough to say, come, I go to you now. Let us reason together. God has always been trying to get man to think at his frequency. If you don't get it, you will lose the very essence of the Christian faith. The heart of the Christian faith is that relationship. So when we are done singing, ah, ooh, oh, oh, ah, ooh, oh, oh, ah, ooh, oh, oh. when that kind of power and presence comes down, that's the good time, Oiza, to just sit down and say, Lord, is there no word for my exam? Lord, is there no word for my relationship? Lord, is there no word for my future? Lord, can't I find a word concerning that situation that seems hard? Lord, people don't know it. I find my greatest strength when I worship you. And for me, worship is a bait. It's like a woman who finds her husband. I will show you. What God is looking for is a place where he can rest. So if you make yourself a God pleaser, it's like a husband who comes back from work and you wash his feet. You take his jacket off him. You sit him down. His best meal is ready. When he gets up, you don't need a request. He'll be the one asking you, ask anything up to half of my kingdom. And people don't know it. So the best we know about worship is that we felt good. And many of us, the painful part is that even the feeling good that you felt good didn't come because you generated it. It came because somebody beside you did how do I know? Because when you are in your room, you can't feel good like that. It's the bane of corporate worship. If you don't know it, it will hook you. In corporate worship, we don't need your faith. I can drill these guys enough to make sure that every time they go up there, that atmosphere is created. Some of you, that's why you come here. Because every time we take the stage, you know there's an atmosphere of the spirit that we carry. Our drive is not to show you we carry the spirit. Our drive is to drive you to the place where you can generate the same atmosphere in your bedroom. Are you with me? If you don't get it, you just think, wow, it's a good church. No, we don't want to do good church. I was in a good church before I came here. Is somebody with me? Are you learning anything? Your heart has to burn within you. So when you sit down with God, basically, what you are supposed to be doing is, you are supposed to be drawing near to listen. Because as you sit down to listen divine, what, what happens to you? You now will know the things that please him. So when you bring an offering, it will not be a sacrifice of fools. Draw near to listen, Pastor Dan. It's not don't bring an offering. Draw near to listen is if you stay long enough, 
If fellowship is more important to you than the offering, in fellowship you will now know what offering to offer that is acceptable. Do you get it? So what's the diet? I want to know you. I want to hear your voice. I want to know you more. That's a drive. Say, I want to touch you, Lord. See your face. Know you more. Say, say just one time. Say, I want to know you more. Hear your voice. Know you more. Say, I want to touch you, Lord. See your face. Know you more. We want to express our panting towards Him. We say, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say yeah, 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 to know you. It's like the groaning of the heart. Say it one time. Yeah, 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 to know you. where everything in the Christian faith begins. It begins from the knowledge of him. That's where it starts. That God will grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation where? In the knowledge of him. The Christian faith does not start from corporate worship. It starts from a personal place. So the first question we ask you is whether you have received Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. That when he saved you, he saved you as one man. Even though he wants to reconcile the entire world to himself by you. But when he saved you, he saved you by one man. That's how you know how he wants to reconcile the world. He will reconcile them one man after the other. Even if you stood in a crusade and three million people walked out, actually it was reconciliation one man after the other. Jamie, that's the reason why you and your boyfriend cannot give your lives to Christ. It doesn't happen. Even if you answer the altar call the same night. Uh-uh. Do you understand it? So when you make an altar call, some people are not quick to answer because they are thinking about their boyfriend. No, 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 no. no. In this salvation, he is your Lord and your personal Savior. At that point, you should turn and look at your boyfriend and pity him like you are pitying yourself. Because the very basis for repentance is godly sorrow. It's like two of us are drowning, are we? And I find a lifeline to save me. Then I say to myself, if it's not two of us holding the lifeline, let us just die. And you, you cannot see the lifeline. 
my God, your love is deep. But it's very foolish. No, don't you think so? No, don't you think how? Can you think how foolish your love is? So the lifeline is here. If you actually truly love him. Oh, some of you have never entered plane. That's your problem. If you enter a plane, they will tell you as part of the introductory speech that if there's a sudden loss of cabin pressure, an oxygen mask will fall in front of you. Then they say to you, if you are carrying a sick person or you are carrying a person who is a child, you help yourself first. You are not useful to the child if your oxygen finishes. So tie your oxygen mask first. Be able to breathe. Even if the child is suffocating, you have wisdom enough to resuscitate him. If you are trying to tie it for the child and you die, you lose consciousness and the child's own is not tied properly. Some of you, the world taught you love, but they taught you love foolishly. So you make an altar call in a service and a girl is thinking, what will my boyfriend think? No, it's not you we are calling. You know why? If you actually don't see that both you and your boyfriend need help, then you didn't come to Jesus. It tells me that even if you walked out, when your boyfriend sees you in the evening, he'll take you back. But if you truly give, you give your life to Jesus, you go back, you'll be the first who will go back and say to him, oh boy, I found Jesus today. He'll reach out to touch you like he normally does. You tell him, no, 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 not anymore. I actually discovered that this is what God calls sin. And he didn't call it sin because he is angry. He called it sin because the more we did that, the more we permitted death to damage us. When a man gives his life to Christ, the supernatural experience is to be at too many. Hey, if you commit to Jesus, you find yourself teaching what you have never read. You'll be explaining to somebody else your salvation process is as you are saying it that you two are hearing it. You think it's just a call. Then you come and stand up. Then we'll just say, okay, let's do it. In case Jesus, trumpet sound in the evening. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. I give my life to you. I give my life to you. I'm sorry for all the bad, bad things I've done. I'm sorry for all the bad, bad things I've done. Lord, I'll never do bad things again. Then your heart, you say, Abba, me, me too, I know. I'll go back there. But Lord, I'll never do bad, bad things again. I was talking with pastor and I told him, I don't know if it's the same born again we born again. That people are born again in now. My brother left home a rascal. He went to church that evening to look for a babe. He was a hot guy. He came back that night. Nobody told us. We knew he was born again. His Ghanaian girlfriend came home the next day. We saw the way he was doing his nose. We knew, boy, there's trouble. We didn't even know he went to church. We just thought he went for one rascality. It was later he was telling us that actually what happened that evening was that a girl said to him, some of you don't even know why you are alive. 
A guy is following you like fly. It's simple. Tell him, let's meet in church. And you know, if you live in a good church like this one, the Holy Ghost has net everywhere. When the guy comes, we'll describe his life. And be saying the things he did 30 minutes ago. Do I have a witness? You are not answering like I'm lying. Do I have a witness? That's how you know a good church. We trap him. He came back humble. Most of the night that night, my brother was reading Bible. I prayed for him for like eight, nine years. Oh boy. His girlfriend came. He was doing one nose, one nose like this. Then she was going. He now escorted her. He now came back. He came back singing. And he wasn't singing, Oh Lord, have mercy, mercy, mercy. The whole of them party, party, party. Yeah, I know the carcasses. Are you? No, I mixed it up. Leave it. I left it like that. I know some of you who were in the world, you rearranged it for me. Leave it there. He didn't come back singing that thing. Mr. Loverman. Ah, some people are alive. Who says Shaba? Come out, I'll give your life to Christ. Now. He didn't come back singing those kind of things. I know my brothers. Those are the kind of things they're going to be singing. Then you find my brother come back home. I have been singing songs like, In the cross, in the cross. That one is too chronic. There are certain church songs that if you sing, we think, okay, maybe you pass somewhere in your head there. Do you understand? Like if you are singing, Something they move my head, oh, something they move my body, something say, Holy Ghost, something. We know, maybe you just went to a party and they added it to the mix. You understand? <laughs> but when you hear somebody say, In the cross, in the cross be my glory ever till my ransom soul shall find rest beyond the reach say in the cross say in the cross be my glory till my ransom soul shall find rest beyond can you sing it one more time say in the cross in the cross the cross be my glory Rest beyond the river. Or you hear someone say, I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher. Lord, lift me up, Lord, lift me up. And let me stand by faith on heaven, stable, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet. 
my feet on high. Say, Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's stable land. Oh, I have played, then I have found. Lord, plant my feet. The songwriter said, he said, my heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay. Some though some may dwell where these abound. My prayer, my aim is higher. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven. It's a higher plane than the one I have found. Lord, plant my feet. Can you say one more time? Say, Lord, lift me up and let me stand. My faith on heaven's stable land. It's a higher plane than the one I have found. When you start to hear people sing songs like that, the songs that speak about their journey in God, unbelievers can't play with that song on the road. It's hard. Nobody wants to hear the words that those songs are saying. And it's a restoration of those days. I mean, you need to hear sounds. Real sounds are born again. I mean, God is birthing them again. Olumide wrote a song. It's coming out in his next album. I might just play for you at the end of the service. Or maybe on Tuesday. That song qualifies for a psalm by all standards. Sang it with his Hispanic American girl. Powerful song. Ah, powerful song. He said, Jesus. You are joy that can be told. You're the lamb that I behold. You are mercy yet untold. If you hear the words, we'll come back with Pastor Ben yesterday from Aaron's wedding. And I was playing the song and I was raptured into it. The time for useless songs is past. You understand those kind of songs? Everybody raise your head, lift up your leg, let us praise the Lord. We don't have that kind of time. If the word of Christ dwells in you richly, your song will contain it. In Nigeria, we know how to write songs of thanksgiving. All our songs are thank you Lord. Why? Because all we know about God is that he did something and we saw it and praise the Lord. And that was the bane of Israel. Because thank you, Lord, has never sustained a generation. Thank you, Lord, begins a journey into truly discerning the ways of God. When you discern the ways of God, your songs will contain it. Do you understand? You think you can wake up from sleep and say, you're the crown of all the ages. The desire of the age to come. 
I worship you today. I raise your banner high. It's high above the heaven. I raise your banner high. Glory to the land. The crown of all the ages. You're the crown of all the ages. The desire of the age to come. Worship you today. Say I raise you by the high. Raise you by. High above the heaven. I raise your banner high. Glory to the land. You're the crown of all the ages. The desire of the age to come. I worship. Or if you hear somebody saying, here and now, we are the light. We are as free as the light. Like the rays of the sun, we run into every corner. We are up ahead. The world has got to follow. We are not afraid. We're not. That, those kind of songs come out of depth of meditation and time spent in the presence of God. I didn't say it comes out of calculation. You are not trying to write a song. But your heart must have overflowed with the word of God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. It will reflect in your song. Have you not noticed that even in America, there's a difference between the song that a black man wrote and a white man wrote. A black man is always talking about how he suffered, but God saved him. Sorry. Imagine me being free, trusting you totally. Finally, I can imagine me. I had really was hard to see you being in love with someone like me. Finally, I can. Beautiful song. But we're always talking about the struggle. Yeah. Then you hear a white man write a song. You hear. My heart is humble. I've heard you speak. There's no denying you're calling me to follow you, Lord, as you lead me to light. I'm casting aside every key, every pride, and say yes, Lord. I'll say yes. I surrender to your word, to the truth that I have heard. I'll say yes, Lord. I'll say yes. I will follow you in faith, and I walk in all your ways. I'll obey. And I'll say When you hear it, what does it tell you? It tells you, love, that one of your bains in entering into the presence of God is your need, your, your condition. Because every time you enter on the basis of your condition, all you can see God as is the one who is meeting the condition. Deal with your pressures before you enter into the presence of God. If you need him to deal with a pressure for you, tell him 
the anxiety is much lord deal with it then when you sit down with god you are talking serious matters a bad family relationship is when everybody every time we see it we are talking about who needs what no when you raise your children pastor dan teach them the way to the inheritance so when you sit down you are talking with them about business you are talking with them about your partners in business you are talking with them about the kind of business deals you are running that's how you know you are raising children if every time you ask your children what do you need ice cream and what meat pie when they grow up a little older they'll be asking for a different kind of ice cream and meat pie because at that point their problem will be shirt and shoe then they grow a little older then they will tell you daddy i'm 17. my father's my, my friend's father bought him a card 16. what are you waiting for and that's how you'll be relating with him till he dies at small age release it to your children small doses of the things you do i'll sit zion on the way down and tell them i am traveling and i'm going to set the captives free i told my children when you don't see me it's not because daddy doesn't like you every day i'm away from here i'm thinking of you now they know so their hearts are growing and asking how do how does somebody set the captive free know it some of you all your love for your children when they say daddy chocolate okay go and take junior that's why your boy will be junior for life tell him no and stand with it let him ask 38 you don't have a persistence on no zion jesus zion diplomatically persistent he will suck you like a tick to your blood daddy give me chocolate you say zion no then you turn around and go then you come back two minutes later daddy chocolate no you go say daddy now you someone daddy god bless you say yes now this is mother that said it so that you know daddy say yes now they say yes to what he said daddy chocolate when I read the story of the persistent widow, I'm able to relate with it because of myself. Tap in Zion. If Zion wants to sell you, you will not rest until you are sold. Ah, oh boy. You have not seen persistence. Oh. But on several grounds, I'll put my feet on the ground. You're not getting me. At some point, I'll turn and look at it. If you talk to me about that thing again, take you now. You try. That's the only thing you can do to get Zion to get off your back. In fact, later, you wait till like six, seven hours later. Then you can come back scratch his head. I say, Daddy, have the chocolate? Is it still there? At this time, he didn't ask you for it. He's just asking for the presence of chocolate. He just wants to be sure that we are taking care of the chocolate. Is it fine? Raise them up in ways that they can never forget. But too shallow. Very shallow people. Die. Ah, you need to see me. I'm my other son, Jedida. Oh my God. When we start drama with Jedida, 
on Thursday, I jacked Jedidiah and I took him to the top left corner of my house. I stood on top of the chair and I jacked him out there. <laughs> when he came down, I was telling his father today. <laughs> you wanted to cry. But he knew the presence that he was standing in. You don't cry in this presence. No, I, I talk to my children. You cry when there's a reason to cry. That's how to cry. You don't go around the house whining. He said, what is this? I'm just tired. Somebody remove my shirt. He? In my house. Why? Be looking at me and thinking I'm wicked. Raise your swag bear. I'll raise my own. Let's go. Let me, if you don't have liver to deal with your children, send them to me for weekend to handle it. And all the children handle, they love me for life. Yeah. Till today. How many of you remember Lala? Ella, Nancy's daughter. Till today, Ella will tap her mother and say, They call that though. I want to talk to that though. If Ella hears that I'm in just for a meeting, her mother must attend. She's four. Abby, four now. I beat Ella like a prisoner. I, when I dealt, Sandra, one day I finished with Ella. I came out, I was thinking, is this wickedness or training? I mean, I had to, I'm serious. I sat down under God to ask God, please, I hope I've not crossed the line. Me, child, no, Toby, I have a theory in God. No child is, a child is what you permit him to be. That a child is still in the shape where you can push him to what you want him to be. So the Bible said, train up a child in the way he should go. That means there's a way he should go and he does not know it. Your responsibility as trainer is pushing that way. While you are yet a child. So, if you are now 13, if we talk to you, you are used, obedience has become a culture for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of you, that's how you spoiled. Your parents started talking to you when you were 13. You have not been hearing from zero. Then you announce that thing. Then your mother said, come and sit down. Let's talk. See? Even you, you know, you were making a mockery of her while she was talking. Say, no, it's not good for you to be staying out late. You're saying, yes, mom. See, when you stay out late, you can be exposed to dangerous criminals. Yes, mom. You see all those yes, mom children? (laughs) Can we go on? I, I said, Nabila, when you born, the way you are like this, you can't shout. Nabila, can you shout? I, I used to see Nadia, stop it. <laughs> oh, stop it. Stop. Hey, come here. What was that you did? Eh? Make it. Catch me. I beg, let's close this service. Were you blessed? Let it know. Americans can't teach us how to raise our children. If they knew how to raise their children, their, their country would not be like that. They can't. Now, gun is a problem in America. They don't even know what policy to raise concerning gun. If you say nobody should have gun, people still will have it. 
they will find a way to hide it so that you cannot reach it. If you say hold gun for self-defense, you cannot tell the gun today is self-defense day when the guy is angry. It's not in the gun, it's in the man. My dream is to find a leader who can raise a country of people who everybody can own gun but not use it. We can use it for hunting. It's possible. I still dream of that gun. Ask my wife. I can drive around this city by 2.30 a.m. Me. And I'm not a police. I finished. One day we finished in city. They did that all night. Finished by like, I finished ministry by like quarter to three. I had a meeting early in the morning. I was sleeping. One of the pastors said, man of God, now? I said, yes, now. Now? When else? The night is as bright as day, man. I landed at airports by 12.30, 1 o'clock in the night. I still found my way into the city. What? For what? It's because I dream of a country, Sandra, where you can get up from your house 1.30 in the night. Because you are having a sleepless night. You will walk out from your house and enter a cafe and drink of... Sit down there and think. And clear your head. And come back home. Walk back home by 3 o'clock. A new day is come home. Did you hear me? When we start speaking about the God man, it's because we are announcing the new day. The new day is here. God cannot be releasing sons and then a new day is not born. No. The sign that a new day is born is that his sons are released. You need to know it. So let's let's finish James chapter 1. Then when we come in sometime within the week, maybe on Tuesday, if the Lord permits us. Because you know we're still praying in Kaduna. And I don't want us to lose touch of that. Because we are praying for the nation. And in most of the things that pastor is saying, he's setting the God man also. So he's just slowing me down. Because I'm enjoying what's happening there. I wake up every evening and I'm thinking, let me just drive to Kaduna and sit down in service and come back later. So if I'm not in Kaduna, I'm always tuned to the channel. If you don't know, better know now. 6 p.m. every evening. If you tune to www.newnation.listentomyradio.com You'll find us. You'll find pastor speaking there. It's online. It happens every night. And it's going to happen. I think we still have some 20 something days to go. So it's still going to happen for... Today's 19th, right? Today's 19th. So we have some 21 more days to go. Because we started praying and fasting on 1st of October. The meeting started on 1st. So we're finishing, I think, 9th of November or so. And it's a Sunday. Are you following? We tune in every evening. Just to update... Because it's shaping the man. It's shaping the man of God. Nigeria is not ready for what's going to happen to it. Because people will just appear from nowhere. They didn't have the pedigree. They didn't have the money. They didn't know. But they have just built a track record. And everybody will know. If you give this one a responsibility, Nigeria will open up. This is all these 75-year-old worry. Sorry. Let's go. I don't have your time more. Before elections, I'll tell you. You will hear my... Nigeria will hear my voice. This election. I won't be quiet. Me. I've chosen. A people who once sat in darkness. They have seen a great light. I want to sit down and write articles. It will shake this country from the north 
to the very south. Some of you have to be following people on Facebook. Say, yeah, the people's general. It's your idea we used to do general. So, Oh, can I go on? It's better I vote Hitler. In Nazi Germany. You know the poster I just took? Hail the great Hitler. I'd rather vote the black spider. That stung the whole world. The guy was wicked. He knew where he was coming from. So that the whole world will be in blood. Then Germany will be in peace. Then there will be a spider reaching the world and blooding it from Germany. Change the map of every country he takes. He hangs the black spider. Hitler is something to study. I'm telling you. I want to take a study on Hitler. There are two guys I love in history. Hitler and Idi Amin. Idi is a... I love the guy. Idi is no nonsense. He called his central bank governor. I said they should print more money that he needs to. The guy, the guy, he doesn't know economic principle. All he knows is, if you have more money in your pocket, you can spend more money. He does not know that money is regulated. That money is not value, it's a measure. Some of you didn't even know. Money is a measure of value. Money itself is not value. Are you gold? Eh? Is money value? What is it? Is it economics you are reading? Is money value? Money is a measure of value. Actually, how much money you have is supposed to be equal to how much gold you have in reserve. You didn't know. So, you need to boost an economy for you to create the... for you to be able to print more money to keep up with the growth in the economy. Do you understand? Idi Amin woke up. He called the central bank of no. He said they should go and print him money. The central bank of no summoned courage. Because he had been asking for them to be printing like that. He had been asking for them to just be printing money like that. And the value of the Ugandan currency was dying. Because you are making money. There is no value for it. You are just measuring value for nothing. Then he said, the central bank governor now answered him intelligently. He said, sir, if we print more money for you, very soon, the money in Uganda will not be more valuable than tissue paper. He didn't look at him. He said, you call Uganda money shit money? The guy didn't say shit. He just said, very soon, you know the way you can tear paper and draw art on it and paste it in your house? That's the way Uganda money will be. It will not be valuable at all. Because we are not creating anything. We are just making money. Money needs to be commensurate with the amount of things in the economy. He now looked... 
He said, you call Uganda money, shit money. Then he had his executioner. He said, Paliamungu, show him what we do to shit. The guy died that day. It's not prison. You flush shit. Then he turned around and saw somebody standing there. He said, you, what's your name? The guy called his name. He said, from today, you are the central bank of no. Go and preach me money. He said, yes, sir. Then I will carry Nigeria and give him the hand of a tyrant. The Lord forbid it. No. I can't know history and not know it enough to intelligently govern my future. I'll be too foolish. Let he that heart hears. Hear. Are you with me? Please follow me. I was talking about James 1. Can't we finish it? Let's just finish it, Abby. So, why did God say you should draw near to listen? It's so that you can be intelligent enough to know how God wants you to act. Let's read James 1 and close now. We're closing now. For after James 1, once you just finish reading it, just get up and share the grace. So, let's read again from verse 19. It's been a blessed time. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be what? Swift to hear, uh huh. Slow to speak and what? Slow to wrath. Why? Because the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. So if a man can quickly hear God, he'll be able to know what God wants him to do. Then he'll be able to walk with God and not walk with his senses. Do you understand it? That's what that scripture is saying. Verse 21. Wherefore, read it out. Go. Uh Uh-huh. And superfluity of nothingness, uh huh. Receive with what? Meekness, what? The ingrafted word of God, which is able to do what? Save your soul. Now, there's no need overbearing that verse because I've explained it a number of times in church and I don't think I have new light on it. But the Bible says there are two things you must lay aside to receive the word of God. Alright? You are laying aside two and taking on one attitude. What are you laying aside? Number one, filthiness. What is filthiness? It's simple. It is perpetual habits that you have picked up that will make it difficult for the word of God to address. You know the Bible says, it speaks about being hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Are you following me? Love. So, if I get myself to the point where I'm convinced that what makes fornication is penetration. Not... You see, what, what will happen to me? Naturally, it will mean that I'll be open to all kinds of thoughts, caresses, keys, fun, fondling. Somewhere in my heart, the line is what? See, you can't even say it now. See how you're looking holy. The line is what? Because you cannot say penetration. Very holy people. See you. I like you. You make it to heaven. The problem is, I wish your holiness like this is in the room. Then what you do in the room? Please, next time, leave this holiness in your room and be using it there. 
then bring the boldness from your room to church. Everything will sit perfectly. Did you notice that you don't have a problem talking about sex in your mind? But you know you like your face. Don't want anybody to be thinking you are like that. So they won't say sex in church. You do your face like what kind of unholy talk? Uh-huh. I said, I know you know. You know what I'm talking about. She said, no, Jesus Christ. This girl is holy. Nebula, do you know what I'm talking about? Jesus. Koji, you are laughing. Do you know what I'm talking about? I thought he was bold. When I saw him laughing, I thought that he was... Big man is hiding his face behind me. Don't worry, you are safe. I was not going to ask you. Are you following me? Is anybody following me? But I'm very serious. If we could boldly talk about it in God's presence, we will even be more intelligently informed. When it's happening in your mind, it is all exciting. You want to the next level. That's how masturbation happens. You can't masturbate if you are not excited, excited about sex in your mind. I was telling you about fieldiness. That if you build a perpetual habit and you have become hardened in that line by the fieldiness of, by the deceitfulness of sin, what happens to you is the word of God cannot penetrate you. Because you see, God is a total gentleman. There are certain days that in his mercy he can decide to cross. But the most persistent thing God will do is he will come silently and he will stand at the door and knock. Why? He's waiting for the man in the house to hear his voice and respond. So if we're ever teaching love and in the heart of our teaching, I said to you, even caras is sex. I will exp- don't worry. One day we'll sit down explaining for you from scripture. Because actually what makes sex is the power of agreement. Oh, leave it. We'll talk about it. We will. I promise you we will. It's just that today is not the day. I don't have the time set. The time has finished. If you have built that line in your mind, you will kiss freely. You will touch freely. You will be everywhere freely. Then by the time you are everywhere, you will be thinking, Allah, this God is wicked. Call your brother Okay. When I said that one, nobody could laugh in church or pastor. Quiet Do you understand? And so it becomes difficult for the word of God to break through you because there are standards you have upheld and walls of defenses you have built behind the standards that the word of God cannot break through. So the Bible will tell you, lay that fieldiness aside. Then the second thing he said you should lay aside is superfluity. Now he's more mad. That's the bunch of people in church. Full of nothing. And they are proud of being full of nothing. 
You don't know. You can't open yourself to learn. Anything they say, you have an opinion. And I've told you, the word of God is not an opinion. Do you understand? Don't sit down in a service and be saying, well, I like that pastor's opinion about this verse. You know, I like Pastor Toby's opinion about righteousness. I like Pastor Dan's opinion about the kingdom. If it's an opinion, very soon you'll find another person that will opine another theory for you. Happy? Happy? Yeah. But Paul said, when we gave you the word of God, we are glad that you did not receive it as the word of men, but you received it as it is in truth, the word of God, which works effectually in you. So for it to work effectually in you, you must receive it as the word of God. So when I'm done speaking, you owe yourself only one responsibility. It's not to find out what my opinion is. It's to find out whether it is true or not true. Superfluity will block you. Right? So lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of nothingness. Then the Bible told you the posture to take. And receive with what? Meekness, the engrafted word of God. That's not where we're going. So let's, let's, let's run very quickly. Run very quickly. Trust me, it's going to be fast. Which is able to do what? Save your souls. Verse 22. Can you read it with me? Speak. Yeah. And not hear us only. Doing what? So, hold on. It means that there is a posture of deception that comes with hearing only. Take note. That means that I can believe I know because I've heard. With God, you do not know because you have heard. You can only know because you have done. Uh-uh. Do you understand? So the Bible says that this. I told you that the highest realm of deception in the Bible is self-deception. How does self-deception happen? It's for me to make myself believe that I am what I am not. And believe it so well that I can go around telling people I am what I actually am not. Do you understand what it is? Now wait, Cecilia. The problem is not that I am deceiving people. The problem is I have come to the point where I have accepted it totally as true, even though it is false. Oh, oh. Do you get it? Does, some, does somebody understand self-deception now? Does somebody understand self-deception now? So I can travel in my work with God to a point where I am totally convinced that what I know is so. But it is not. I can totally convince myself Ima, that I'm walking in certain realms and I'm not there. I can bring myself to a total comfortable position of thinking that, see, we are the guys and God does not even recognize me. So, what is the antidote to self-deception? It's simple. Do. Do you understand? Do you get the secret behind the action points now? Do you get it? What's the antidote? Eh? What's God's antidote? We're people of faith. 
We walk by faith. The blind see, the lame walk, the deaf are talking, the dumb are hearing. You know the deaf talk. And the dumb, they already hear. Sorry, oh, you didn't hear that part, so let's go. Are you following me? But when the blind that God wants me to lay hands on are coming. As the blind is approaching, you are deproaching. The reason is because it's not in shout. It's in oh, it's in what? Doing. There's no problem with the fact that you cannot do it now. There's only a problem if you cannot believe God enough to start to do it after you have heard that you can do it. Is anybody learning anything? Are you getting it? So how do I not deceive myself? Do. So the Bible now gave us an illustration to show us that kind of man divine. Good to see to show us that kind of mind, man. He said, For if a man is a hearer of the word only, and not a doer of the work, he is like a man beholding himself in natural glass. Then the Bible says, And he turneth away, and straightway he forgets what manner of man. Do you get it? And all the while growing up as a Christian, I had always thought, gold, that the man's problem was that he was forgetting. Do you understand? I had always thought, if you are like me, can you wave quickly? Just wave. I had always thought that the real problem the man had is that he was forgetting what manner of man that he was. Until I read that scripture carefully and I brought it to the natural picture which James was trying to create for you. He said, a man who hears the word and does not do it is like a man beholding himself, his natural face, in a mirror. Then the Bible says, and he turned away. Then I discovered that no woman who has seen her reflection in the mirror turns away. Because actually, truth is, every one of us, when we turn away, will forget. Everybody who leaves the front of middle forgets. We did the illustration with Jennifer here on Thursday. Abby, Jenny. And I asked her. So, when you. It's very true for many of you who, whose makeup are a little heavy. When you put your... What they used to call this thing? Divine, what do they call it? Eyeshadow. She a shadow. Eyelashes. Eh? Eyebrow. So what do you rub here? Mascara. Foundation. Slices. Fertilizer. Oh, it's eye pencil. She was saying fertilizer. Happiness. It is not calabar. It's in calabar they rub fertilizer. <laughs> so that their hair can grow. Sorry if you have not calabar. Forgive me. It's happiness I'm talking to, not you. Are, are you following me? If you put that 
And it goes beyond the natural bounds. When you look in the mirror, will you turn away to repair it? Is it not while you are looking at the mirror that you and then you, you even cut it well? True or false? Talk to me. True or false? Now, when you leave the mirror, do you walk around town believing, ah, I cut it here. Yeah. Where I cut it, go. All these boys now, they'll be dying. Do you walk around town thinking like that? Huh? Musa, you said yes. With this, your dagala, dagala hair. That's why you are thinking yes. <laughs> are you following me? Wait, what? You, you just notice that you are extra confident. Because somewhere in you, you believe you are set. Do you understand? And I asked the second question on Thursday. When you lift up a mirror, how many images do you see? Answer. How many do you see? How many do you see? Some people are still saying one. Because they didn't attend service. How many do you see? Which only try me today. I'll finish you. Are you do you understand? How many images do you see? Okay, I'm, I'm sure many of you don't understand how it is too. Because if you look at a glass, of course, it's just one image you are. But actually, when you look deeply, you'll find out that there are two images in the glass. There's the image of the ideal in your mind, and then there's the image of what it is in the glass. So you adjust what it is to what is the ideal while beholding. Do you get the secret? You adjust what you are seeing to the ideal picture in your mind. So when I picked up this cloth to wear this morning, there was a picture in my mind of how I will look. That's why many of you when you enter that toilet, you don't have to come out on time. We understand. It is not senior brother or junior brother that is worrying you. Okay, you don't know senior brother, you don't know junior brother. Don't worry, you'll find out later. Some people enter that bathroom only. They come out 20 minutes later. They spend like 10 minutes in front of that singular mirror. Why? Because they want to be sure that when they step out, they don't look like the room they are coming from. It's true. That's why we actually made the provision. It's so that when you are stepping out of, and it's working, when you are stepping out of there, you are stepping out confidently. If it's one place, you don't look at Make nobody know sin. I'm here. Why? Because you have gotten back to the front of the mirror. Now you are sure nothing is actually out of place. Even if something is out of place, then Pastor Toby have kept powder, dear, and Vaseline. For those of us who can manage at that level. Very soon, don't worry, they'll bring mascara there. And eyeshadow. So that people will not be dressing in the room. You can come and be dressing in the bathroom. Yeah? They'll bring Medicaid. <laughs> Very soon, we'll employ a makeup artist <laughs> to sit down. To sit down in the bathroom. Are you, are you, is anybody still here? 
Come on, saints. Are you still here? Talk to me so that we can close. I'm finishing. I've already finished that scripture. Alright? Are you following me? Two images. The ideal which is in your mind. So when God speaks his word to you, Jennifer, what is he speaking? He's speaking the ideal. You can mount up wings as eagles. But the last time you were going through a trial, you were weary. Don't lie to yourself. So you can tell yourself, that means there's something I need to know that will make that the next time I'm facing a trial. I can mount up wings. Then you can write at some point. Find out what you need to know to be stable in trial. That way you know that the study didn't finish in the service. Because when you start to do, you will find out that you are becoming all that the word of God said you can become. Isaiah 55. Let's not overboard in it. But in Isaiah chapter 55, you will find out that the Bible says the word of God comes with the power of its accomplishment. Like the rain comes from heaven and the dew and does not return to it until it waters the earth and causes it to bud, blossom and bring forth. So shall my word be that proceeds out of my mouth. So the problem has never been with the word preached. It has always been with the hearer who hears and will not do. Let's finish reading that scripture. Just finish it with me. Where are we? Hmm? Verse 23. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who, what? On, on, beholding his natural face, where? For he does what? Beholdeth himself and does what? Goeth his way and what? Straightway or immediately forgets what manner of man he was. Read verse 25. Can we read out loud? Everybody reading now. Read. Go. And hold on. And that's what? So when you look into the perfect law of liberty, what are you supposed to do? you continue beholding what the Lord has said to you until you, the change has happened. Uh-oh. It's in your Bible. Let's read it out loud. Again. One, two, three, go. But whoso... I'm not hearing you. What's your problem? Let's read it again. One, two, three, go. Look at into the perfect law and that's what? Continue daring he be not but a no, of the word. Of the word. So every word that comes to you comes requiring that you do what? Work. That's why we call them action points. The work that the word is provoking. Are, are you following me? Are you following me? Some of you get up and discover that the reason why your thoughts are filled with filthiness is your company. So what work will the word require? Change your company. If you forget after the service, then it's gone. But if you continue looking and say, hey, 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 the word of God requires that if there be anything noble, if there's anything profitable, if there's anything worthy of praise, I should think on these things. 
And I cannot think on these things because blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. I'm surrounded by too many scornful men. They won't permit me think thoughts that will glorify God. If you continue daring, you will wake up one day and find out that your company has changed. To escape them, you go to church when there's no service. You said, so oh boy, come now more hunger. I said, oh boy, I won't go to church. You come to church and sit down alone. And tell it's better to be in the company of the, in the presence of God than better is one moment in the presence of God than thousands. Now you hear how Psalms were born. Oh, let's read verse 25, the whole verse. One, two, three, go. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, uh huh. Yeah, he be not a, but a doer of the work, uh huh. That man will be blessed in his deed. Where did the blessing come from? From the word of God. So the word came with the blessing. But the man must finish the process to enjoy the blessing. Verse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious and breedleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God the Father. And the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself, to keep himself how? Unspotted. There is no influence of the world touching him. Rise to your feet. Let's pray. Would you get up and pray in the spirit and say, Lord, make me a diligent student of your word. I want to keep my eyes on your word until I can do the work that the word requires and I see the change that the word has brought. Can you say it? Just in a few minutes, pray. Pray it. Pray it. Pray it. Pray it. Just lift up your voice and pray. You're not praying for anybody else. You're praying for you. It's time for you to pray for you. And say, Lord, I want to be a diligent student of your word. I want to keep my eyes on your word until I can do the work that the word requires. Just until I can do the work that the word requires. Until I can do the work that the word requires. Just go ahead and pray in the spirit. Pray. You don't have too much time to. So pray. I expect that the little time you have will be fervent. It will be heartfelt. You can engage God in this little time. Just engage him. Engage God in this little time. Tell him. Tell him, oh God, I want to keep my eyes on the word. I discovered that I've heard so much, but I've done so little. I heard so much, but I've done so little. I've heard so much, but I've done so little. Today I commit to beholding and continuing daring. Myself not being a forgetful hearer. I'm a doer of the work. For I am the man. Who, who looks into the perfect law of liberty and I continue daring say it, make it yourself make it your confession I am the man who looks at the perfect law of liberty and I continue daring I am not a forgetful hearer of the word but I am a doer of the work so I am blessed in all my ways while you pray, keep praying if you are here and you have not given your life to Jesus we spoke about it in the course of the service. And we said, you discover that you are drowning. It's a personal decision. It is only you that is taking that decision. You cannot put anybody else into consideration when you take that decision. Because it just will be you who will return to save them. Would you, where you are, lift up your hands. I want to have the honor of leading you to Jesus today. Just lift up your hands where you are. 
If you want to say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Be my Lord and my personal Savior. I've decided we will not take you to chance anymore. So that you don't work in here and work out and your eternity is not sure. We don't want to assume any longer that everyone who walked in here is saved. Just lift up your hands where you are. There's nothing embarrassing about it. It is God who calls you. Your call is not to any man. Well, if we are all saved, if you are not filled with the Holy Ghost, you can lift up your hands also so that I can ask you to come. Then we get you filled with the Holy Ghost. That's where your relationship with God starts from. That's where you can sit down in His presence and say, Lord, what are you saying? And then you can talk back to Him and He talks to you. That's where it starts from. It starts by being filled with the Holy Ghost. If you are not filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence, the initial evidence of speaking in tongues, lift up your hands where you are so that we can get you filled with the Holy Ghost. God bless you. I see your hands. God bless you. I see your hands. They're all over the house. Bless you. If you are lifting your hands, come to me very quickly. If you are lifting your hands to get filled with the Holy Ghost, please come to me quickly. You are lifting up your hands to get filled with the Holy Ghost. We can all tell you, our lives took a turn once we knew Him and got filled with His power and presence. Jesus said, don't witness for me until you are filled with the Spirit. He said, wait in Jerusalem until I endure you with power. Just come forward. We want to meet with you and pray for you and just ask that the Spirit will lead you. That you get filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Just lift up your voice and pray. You tell God, take up verse 25 and confess it. I am that man. I look into the perfect law of liberty. And I continue therein until the change happens. I continue therein. I'm not a forgetful hearer. I'm a doer of the work. So I'm blessed in all my ways. I'm blessed in all my ways. I'm going to ask you to follow Pastor Toby just so that he can take the time and tell you about the Holy Spirit. So we don't just get you healed. He'll take the time and just tell you about the Holy Spirit. It, it won't be long. It's not, it's not something. Once you believe, you'll receive him now and then you return to the service. Now you guys lift up your voice and pray in the Spirit. Welcome them into the family of those filled with the Spirit. Lift up your voice. Pray in the Spirit. I look into the perfect law of liberty. And I continue therein. I'm not a forgetful hearer. I'm a doer of the work. And so I declare, I'm blessed in all my ways. Oh, blessed be your name, O oh God. Blessed be your name, O oh God. Bless you, O oh God. We bless your name. We bless you. We bless you. Say as the eyes of the hungry looks up for the bread of the giver, eyes are on you, Lord. 
As the eyes of the thirsty look into the care of the poorer, our eyes are on you, Lord. As the eyes of the suckling looks up to the hand of his mother, our eyes are on you, Lord. And as the eyes of the pupil looks up to the hand of their teacher, our eyes are on you, Lord. Say, continually on you we continue daily we don't only look into the perfect law of liberty we continue yeah blessed be your name oh god in jesus name and all the people said amen